Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All on one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Off track with Hinch and Ross. It's your birthday, so you can do things like you were just doing. No one cares, James. That it's your birthday? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's true. I feel like people care. I mean, I care. they care more than I do. That's totally fair. Yeah. Not saying you, much. You couldn't care much less. How old are you now? 31? Two? Two. 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 Do, you know do you want to know what's funny? Um, and I don't mean this because in a mean way, but it was a funny kind of conversation. Um, so I had a filming day with David Malukas, my new mm-hmm. teammate for those that aren't, that aren't aware. No, last week. And we had two kind of signs. One was 1991, one was 2001. Those were our birth years. Um, and then like we had to guess what year, whatever happened. Right. And so he was looking at the signs and he was like, so how old does that mean you are? And I was like, well, it's called math, David. Probably, probably be exactly <laughs> 10 years older than exactly you. Exactly 10 years older than you. <laughs> you don't even have to do the math. It's simple math. <laughs> Add a 10. <laughs> so things are going great. No, like he's going to fit in just fine. He is like the, <laughs> like you thought Pato was high energy when it comes to like things yeah you put david and like activities games challenges and a camera like social media wise he is straight to the top like it is I, he's I the perfect he's, addition yeah he's pretty social media savvy like he's yeah. he's very up to date on the current trends of the well, it's because well let's see i'm 32 so that would mean he's 22 well, hang on, hang on. So he was born in 2001. Yeah. So, I mean, like one of the things on top of just being up to date with all the, the trends and things the kids are doing is he's got a folder on his phone with like 500 memes that he's just saved up to use. He's the meme guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, on Twitter, that's kind of his, his jam. I interviewed him for the Java with James segment. It was really interesting. We're going to have him on the show soon, actually. Yeah. Um, but you will he's, learn. He's objectively like the nicest kid ever as well yes he's just an insanely sweet human being yeah um but part of the reason you will come to learn um for his high energy is he's like a full-on caffeine addict 
Or so I guess I guess he's a coffee addict is the way to put it. But it like got to the point where he was drinking so much, his doctor was like, you need to stop at like the age of 20. And when he stopped, he got full-blown withdrawal symptoms. Okay. So like he had a he had a problem. <laughs> well, he was criticizing me for drinking Diet Coke. He was like, You are the only skinny person I know that drinks Diet Coke. And I was like, Huh. I'm literally holding I mean, a diet to be fair, coke. I'm I'm the only skinny person I know that drinks Diet Coke too. You <laughs> I'm first of all, I mean, I mean, you've been you've been a uh, you've been a uh, vacationing off the land for a little bit here, pal. Yeah, and you know what? I weigh the exact same as I did when I was driving, but that's not the point. The point is, that's a silly comment because that's yes. like. A it lot is a of silly comment. That's, they yes. drink, that's why they drink it, because they yes. want to stay slim. <laughs> right. Very silly comment. But also, the flip side to that is, I think, again, because he probably gets a lot of things from the internet, is it's like, oh, here's my three quarter pounders with cheese yeah. and then a large Diet Coke. Diet thing. Coke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's what he That meant. part is funny. The thing yeah. is, it's like some people just legitimately prefer the taste of Diet Coke. Like they're not even that's, at all that's, concerned. That's, that's just you. No, I no, 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 no. There's like a whole, this is like a whole thing. There's a whole yeah. faction of people. Like that's why we still have Diet Coke and Coke Zero. Mm. If if nobody liked the taste of Diet Coke, Coke Zero, it wouldn't exist. It that's wouldn't true. Exist that, no, that's yeah. fair. I do, I do definitely prefer Coke Zero though. You do, yeah. It's that's you're a you're a high octane Coke kind of guy if you had the choice, because you like the flavor. So you just get the best of both worlds. I do. It's pretty nice. You know, they say you can't have your cake and eat it too, but in that case, what's you the can. point of having a cake? Isn't that what we do with cakes? I've never understood. Yeah, I mean, that most cakes are not supposed to be decorative. To be fair, there's a lot of sayings that are pretty stupid and don't really make a lot of sense. That one's top of the list for me as a dumb one's one. up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, decorative cakes aren't really very yeah. useful to anybody. Mm. Um, so it's your birthday. There's an entire How television did... show about it, though. So, like, yeah, but they still eat them. No, but there's a they few still eat them. them. Yeah. There's. I have, Hazel and I got super into Is It Cake on Netflix. <laughs> I and forgot that that was that? a show. That it's show is so literally good. just like there's two objects that look exactly the same, and one no, of them is have, a cake it's and like not. it's a competition show. No, so they really, have to like. It, it's like unbelievable how often yeah. you get it wrong. Realistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw. I saw like somebody made a cake of I forget if it was like Checo's helmet or somebody's helmet, and it looked so from like a certain distance, it looked spot on. And then the guy just takes a knife right to the middle of it. And you're like, what? Mm. How much fondant's on that thing? A lot. They do. They use a lot of fondant on mm. that show. Or that's, fondant. That's, I, I just remembered I remember that from watching an episode of like, or two of Cake Boss back in the day. And everything was fondant. Am I saying it wrong? Is it fondant? I think it's fondant. Fondant. Definitely not that. It's French. Fondant. <laughs> um, all right, Socks, it's your birthday. How did you spend, how did you spend your birthday, bud? Well, I went to the gym this morning, then I rode my bike, then I was in the shop for three hours, and now I'm here with you. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Living it up. Yeah. Pretty wild. It's almost like it's just another day. Any Monday. any plans tonight? It's you got sure. a like, special dinner? Uh, I think we're going to order either pizza or Chinese food and watch football. So nice. Pretty wild. I mean, to be I fair, need, I need Joe Burrow. 
Yeah. I need Joe Burrow to not only play, but I need him to get like nine touchdowns. Are you are you into laying again? No, because I, you're I can't quiet in on that group chat. I had to f- mute it because I kept getting notifications when I would drive, and Hazel would be like, "What is players?" <laughs> so I had to mute notifications. So I don't ever. What did, it. what did you say to that? I just I was like that's grown up word. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny is when an adult sees this group chat that says players, they would assume it has to do with exchanging pictures of women. No, it's just talking about dudes and balls. <laughs> That's hilarious. I had that also happen. A friend of mine changed, like we had this group chat and they would keep changing the name to the most obnoxious thing ever because one of the friends was like constantly in board meetings and stuff. And like his phone would go off and it was just sitting on the table and it would just have these horrifically named group chats <laughs> pop up. Didn't that, wasn't that in our group on uh, Snapchat? Well, <laughs> I think, well, yeah, that one escalated real quick. That yeah. one went straight yeah. to pretty much as bad as it yeah. could be. Yes. Uh, and then just sort of died out. Um, yeah. So just another typical Monday. Uh, I feel like, we are all in kind of a state of like detox before we retox. This so we call it we call it pre-tox. Pre-tox. <laughs> this is the pre-tox phase. Good. Starting Thursday, we tox. Yeah, uh, we're gonna tox. We're gonna tox a lot. Um, that's yeah. I could. I would kill for a beer right now because it's been a. It's been a couple days, guys. It's been a few. It's been a few <laughs> days. Well, it's your birthday, Alex, so you can tox if you want. Um, wait, it's been a few days of what not drinking while you were in Italy. In no, 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 no. Oh. Sorry. I was, I was pivoting. You know how, like you say, it's been a day when you oh, had a yes. day. It's been a few days. I'm not saying it's been a few days since uh, that, that was right. a poorly worded sentence. Right, I'm right. just saying it hasn't been a day. It has been a few days. Sure. Sure. For your Man, boy. You are f- struggling right now to get this thought out. <laughs> well, this is a in, in his attack. defense, you red eyed. Right. Yeah. Let, 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 let me explain why, Tim. So <laughs> Please do. his his okay. his bed on his plane was slightly too narrow and there was a first little pebble all, underneath. First of all, the pebble is huge. Okay. And I don't know how it made it on the plane. <laughs> the orange juice wasn't cold enough and the champagne was a little flat. I um no, okay. So when we left you, I was still luggageless in Italy. <laughs> and I got to tell you, my bag showed up. Seven days later, my bag showed up. Um, I wrote what was a Canadian angry tweet to BA, and weirdly coincidentally, an hour later, my bag showed up. I do think it was coincidence, but here's what's funny. So I had no information from the people. Last time I talked to you, I've been emailing people, calling people. They had nothing for me. It was always bags coming, bags coming, bags coming. No information whatsoever. My air tag that I had in my luggage had been weirdly inconsistent. Like for a long time, it had just was at Pisa. Then it was in some town south of Pisa. Then it was in some town north of Florence. Then it was south of Florence. So it was moving around. And then I checked it one morning and it was still south of Florence somewhere. And we had had a day trip planned with the family. We were going to a little town. And uh, I... I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I have no idea if it's come or not. Someone needs to be here when it comes. It's it's like the closest it's been to the place we're staying, but it's still like 45, 50 minutes away. I'm, you know, I'm sure it's just not coming again. Like, I don't know what to do. And then over breakfast, I checked again 
and it was now only 17 minutes away, but that had been updated 45 minutes before. So now I'm stuck with this conundrum because we're at the time where the family's supposed to be leaving to go to this trip, to this day trip to one of the cities. But I'm like, well, 45 minutes ago, my bag was 17 minutes away. And three hours ago, it was an hour away. I was like, man, do I like, what are the chances it's actually coming? Do we risk it? Whatever. So I offered to just stay back. Well, my family was like, no, no, we'll wait it out for a little bit because it's probably close. Well, sure enough, like 15 minutes later, it just shows up. Guy goes up the driveway. So if we had left at that time, so if I didn't have my air tag and didn't see that, we would have left because I'd have no idea because nobody called. I had no information and I, no one was there to receive the bag. So they would have taken it back. And who knows if I ever would have gotten it back at that point. But did, so it was uh, the whole time it was in the possession of a courier. So it wasn't ever that it got kidnapped and correct. Through. So you had all correct. of your belongings. Well, that's good. All my stuff was there. Could have been way it worse. was good. So I just, I just wore like three outfits a day for the next three days, you know, just, con- just full Mariah Carey wardrobe <laughs> change as often as possible. So it was good. So it was fine. Okay. So good. I got my luggage back. Life's good. Now I got to fly home. So hopefully on BA. Thank God it was not on BA. Well, <laughs> well, so I flew two airlines. It was three, there's three legs and, and three different airlines. One was some Italian one I'd never heard of and can't pronounce. Then there was one that was All like, Italia? which is Spanish. No, no, I can pronounce that one. No. Uh, it's like Vueling or something like that. Oh, Vueling. That's Spanish. Airline. Vueling. Oh, is it Spanish? Okay. That makes Based sense. I was Florence, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So I flew that to Madrid from Florence. Yeah. Then I was on Iberia from Madrid to JFK. And then I was supposed to be American JFK to Indy. Yeah. I was going to have exactly nine hours at my house, maybe eight. I was going to land late at night, unpack, repack for getting on a plane first thing the next morning to go to Edmonton for an event I had to do for Canadian Tire for Saturday, Sunday. Why wouldn't you just go straight to Edmonton? Very hard to get from Florence to Edmonton in anything resembling an intelligent flight path. And so I was like, I'll just go home, have one yeah, you're night right. in my bed. Florence to Indy is a much more traveled route. Well, no, exactly. They're equally as bad, right? Mm-hmm. But at least I could get a day to change my luggage at that right. point. I didn't realize I was going to oh, yeah. have a week's worth of clean clothes. Holy yeah. hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd see the dogs at night in my own bed, whatever. Mm-hmm. Stop judging. So I... No, I just um, find it phenomenal that even after all this, you're still terrible at travel. No, dude, I looked. I did look at going straight there and it was it looked worse. Like it was going to be a 12-hour layover in like Montreal or something or Ottawa or something. So I was like, I'm not doing that. So go home for my eight hours. Anyway, it doesn't matter, Alex, because what happened was my flight from Madrid to JFK was so delayed, I missed the flight from JFK to Indy, which was, of course, the last one of the night. And there was no other way to get to JFK or to get to Indy. So I now basically had there was no reason to go back to Indy because I couldn't get back in time to catch my flight out to Edmonton. So now I had to cancel all my tickets and rebook new flights from JFK to Edmonton back to Indy. And it was a nightmare to do that. Edmonton to Indy, small airport to small airport, very, very difficult. Now I've talked a lot about how much I don't like red eyes. So, 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 sorry. So, so I'm in JFK. It's like 10 o'clock. I'm like, I can't believe I'm here stuck in this situation. Sidebar. I stayed at the TWA hotel. That's oh, like, how was that? that looks cool. It was awesome. It was yeah. so cool. Have you been there? Have you stayed there? 
I've not stayed there, but I've been there. I've You've been had yeah. lunch there. Yeah. 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 It was it was really, really cool. It was a funky spot. Mm-hmm. So that was like a highlight of the trip. I didn't make it out to the plane bar outside because I just couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's, it's 10 cool. o'clock now. I bet I saw the pictures. Mm-hmm. It's 10 o'clock there. So that makes it what four o'clock in the morning for me. I go to bed. Oh no, first I've got to spend the whole like I, I have to go to have dinner in <laughs> They don't do room service. They have a, they have a restaurant, but they don't do room service. So this is a long story, but this is the trip. So uh, I was like, okay. So I take my laptop. I go down to the restaurant. I sit there by myself on my laptop, trying to figure out flight plan to get from JFK to Edmonton and then get back from Edmonton to Indy. Now I got to bed at eleven. I was I was wide awake at three o'clock in the morning. So I was on four hours of sleep. I was like, this sucks. After, you know, traveling, I was like, this sucks. Whatever. Okay. So I get to Edmonton. It was, it was fine. It was JFK, Toronto, Toronto, Edmonton. Perfect. Cool. Coming back. Okay. Now, this is going to sound like I don't know what I'm doing. But I promise you, this was the fastest way to get back to Indianapolis. Okay. The red eye out of Edmonton on Sunday night. Lands in Toronto at 530 in the morning a flight from Toronto to Chicago at eight o'clock in the morning. That's one ticket. The fastest way to get home from there was on a different airline and another full ticket to fly to Indy. So I need my connection to not be too tight because I got it. But I'm like, oh, right. so originally I was like, oh yeah, you can just check in online and I can just walk straight to the gate. I'll be fine. But nay, nay, because now I have a checked bag because I had to come straight from Italy and not just my carry on. So I've got to land, collect my bag, have it already checked in, go redrop off my bag, get to the right terminal, right gate, try to catch my flight back to Indy. Thank God it worked. I know O'Hare can be a nightmare sometimes, but I land in O'Hare, get my bag, get it checked in, good to go, made it home fine. But man, I was in JFK for one night. I was in Edmonton for one night. We also went out that night. I'm working off of, I then did a red eye last night. I am... I'm genuinely very up. Like my my brain is complete mush right now. Well, your voice sounds like too. Yeah, no, because I've been and talking you, to the you conference. You look terrible. I look fantastic. He, he looks actually. What I've been honestly, considering what you normally look like, like, he looks I just, just fine. In general, I didn't mean like today was worse than normal. Oh, right. No. Looked, yes. Yeah. Fair. That's why you, I. You look like a, a rejected muppet. I, I cover half my face for a reason. Well, it ain't like, pretty. It, since you got nothing to do tomorrow, you want to come to Arkansas? <laughs> Not for the reason you're going to Arkansas. <laughs> All right. Right. I mean, I would come, but I, who, who else going with Who else going with you? Just me and Nick Snyder. We're just going to have, have a day. Is it on your plate? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's going on? I saw this text, but I didn't understand. Um, like without getting into too much detail, we are evaluating a runway for potential use. Um, so yeah, Arkansas, we're gonna we're gonna make the trip out there. That'll be my I mean, day tomorrow. Um, I do love Nick, fellow pilot. So that'll be a fun trip. Fellow for you. pilot, that'll be nice. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All on one interchangeable battery. 
Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, well. There was some racing. We should talk about current events. Um, Do you want to start with F1 or the schedule? Let's start with F1 because I feel like we'll have to talk more about the schedule. So let's burn through F1 and then we'll talk about the IndyCar schedule. Well, F1, not really much to report other than everything went back to how it should, which really raises a a lot of questions about Singapore. Like, Mm. because, okay, fine that, um, you know, Red Bull was, I guess, not good. I don't, I don't know why that track would be so ill-suited to them. But also, like, Max wasn't exceptionally clear of Sergio. So, like, so, is it, what's the conspiracy theory? Like, what actually went on? Cause, okay, so the, the conspiracy theory was, because there was a new technical directive no, that came I, out right before, yes, right? I understand, yep. But, and but Horner... That was and not Red the problem. Bull, they were right. adamant that that has nothing to do with it. And I was, right. I was skeptical. I was like, mm, it probably does. And you guys have been bending the rules a little bit. Then you go to Suzuka, which is arguably the most downforce dependent track on the calendar. And they were, I think it was the biggest gap of the year. Uh, it was the biggest qualifying gap since 2004. It was six tenths. It yeah. was unbelievable. Um, okay. So what I have learned or garnered from reading stuff is their their pre-race sim because th- there was a track change, right? There was a pretty big track change. There was. Um like to the, the layout sector, sector three became it used to be like all first, second gear, hokey pokey, and then it became like pretty quick. But what's funny is based on what the Red Bull's good at, I would have thought that would have helped the Red Bull because it's a it's yeah. it runs really stiff. It runs really low. It doesn't really like curbs and slow slower corners necessarily. So that was kind of the running theme was that they just they they their base setup was just off and they were just never able to recover. And the nature of that track is just not was never going to be great for them anyway. The gap to Sergio, if he's strong at one particular thing, it's street circuit. So maybe he's just naturally going to be a little closer to Max there. So yeah. It looked really weird on the day for like how much they're normally ahead to how far they are behind. It's like they finished second, right? Like it was, they were bad. They didn't even make Q3. But what was crazy was that article 
I don't, I forget who wrote it, um, but it was, uh, oh shoot. He's done some stuff. Mark Glendening wrote an article. Yeah. Um, it was saying, had that final safety car not come out, which is the one where the Mercedes pitted and got new tires and everything, the rate at which Verstappen ultimately did yes. close down, like he probably could have podiumed. Yes, like, that's not true. They, he would have won, got, but he yeah. probably would have been third or fourth. Yeah, they got they got boned by that safety car for sure. Um, they did a good strategy call in the first one by not coming in and getting track position, and yeah. he had a shot. He kind of did have a shot to win for a bit there, and then, yes, that safety car boned him. So anyway, you go to Suzuka with a point to prove. Man, did he prove it. Uh, just unreal. Just unreal performance of qualifying. And the then, look, man. Spectacular. But then credit where credit, like in that car, like it's, it's so funny listening to him on the listen to him on the radio. He's like, man, that first sector was a lot of fun. It's like four tenths up on the rest of the field just in the first sector, which is like arguably one of the coolest sectors of racetrack in the world. It is. Like it is the cars. coolest. Yes. Yeah. I'm so jealous. I want to try that place so bad. Um, but then, man, McLaren showing up to party in a big way. Oh, he, I mean, I think, I think they're... Their turnaround from where they started preseason testing till even Silverstone, let's call it, I think has got to go down as one of the greatest turnarounds, comebacks, comebacks yeah. in F1 history. Like, it's really, we, we know, like, look at, look at what Mercedes is dealing with. Like, we know how difficult it is once you start down a path. Like, to A, you know, in, like know where you're going wrong and improve it is one thing, but then to actually like be able to translate that to track results is a whole nother ball game. And they're not even using their own wind tunnel yet. Like they're still on the Cologne Toyota program um, and having to deal with like all that logistical BS. Like I think they're going to be really good here pretty soon. Yeah, I was that might be like concerned to go to the new tunnel. I'll be like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna rent that one out to other teams and we'll just mm. keep using this one because it's working, yeah. you know. If it yeah. ain't broke, we'll fix it. Um, but yeah, it's such a good point, man. Cause you look at like Mercedes, right? With everything that they've done in the last decade and all the resources they have and whatever, whatever, the infrastructure, all that stuff. Started as the third to fourth best team. And throughout the season, there's been races where they're the second best car, but not even consistently that. McLaren genuinely went from the worst car, the slowest car in preseason testing that also couldn't even finish the stint because the brakes were catching on fire mm-hmm. to like outright dominantly the second quickest team at four well, of the last five races. You know, arguably not even the second quickest team. Like hadn't Max not been there, Lando and Oscar would win races. Yo, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like it's they're, great. They've had they're only team. second to Max Red Bull. Because they're right, beating Sergio Red Bull. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's uh, it's it's really impressive, man. And I've been super impressed with Piastri. Like that was an yeah. amazing. And it's like for me with him, it's like the it's the progression over the weekend, right? He's never been to Suzuka, and he starts off at P one and he's four tenths behind Lando, and then P two he's two tenths behind Lando, P three he's like a couple hundreds behind Lando, and qualifying it's like neck and neck through Q1, Q2, and he gets him in Q3 by like a couple thousandths or whatever. Like just seeing a driver methodically improve throughout the weekend at a new track like that, super impressive. Lost a place off the start, you know, started from the worst side of the racetrack. Lando got a great start, had a great move at the start, and that was kind of the race, right? Like we were watching and we made the joke, the first lap ended, and we're like, that's your top five. And 
I think maybe the Mercedes swapped or something. So it was, I was off by one. No, top five was the same as they started. Yeah. So <clears throat> not the most exciting race behind in that sense. The Mercedes guys went after each other pretty hard, though. There was a couple close yeah, moments awesome. that were, it was, it was great racing. Yeah. Down in Spoon, then down in the first turn, Hamilton, yeah, yeah. like, giving him a little, yeah. <laughs> a little swing in. Beat him on wheel, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they were happy with each other after the race. <laughs> but uh, I don't bring this up to be a dick, but you're such a Lo- dick. Logan Sargent, man. Like, yeah, it's tough. Tough look. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. So here's the thing, right? So Alpha Tauri's announced that Ricardo's coming back because the other guy that impressed the hell out of me was Lawson, which right? is which is like unbelievable to me. Like I I like Danny Rick as much as the next guy. Like he's a good dude, but how he got the one up on Lawson, considering Lawson is arguably doing better than Daniel did in his couple races that he filled in with all of the had experience. Like, two or whatever races. So it's tough to have like a really fair comparison, but, but, but you consider like he's three 10 of years of doing it. Right. right. Yeah. For them total. Um, and he's been killing it. And so he's been told he's a reserve driver for 24, but he has a guarantee seat in 25. So if I'm, so here's, here's my, here's my hypothetical, right? I think it's safe to assume that Logan Sargent is out. They've done everything they could. They've tried to help him. The team has openly supported him. They've been behind him in the press. They've been whatever they need to do. Mistakes keep piling up. So I don't think that's that experiment's continuing. With with the pace that Lawson's had, and you've already guaranteed him a seat in 25, would you be willing to loan him to Mercedes or to uh, Williams rather for a year to get that experience, learn all the tracks, maybe make some mistakes in someone else's equipment, knowing that he's going to be coming back to your car. A, would you do that if you were, would you allow that if you were Red Bull? And then B, if you're Williams, would you want to take a guy that you know is leaving for sure a hundred percent the following year? Or would you rather find someone else that you can actually build on and is going to be there to keep pushing it on? Who's doing a great job right now. I mean, I feel like in, in F1, you don't really care about the building thing. You care about constructors' points and performance and immediate results right now because there's no guarantee that their car will be any good in two years so that if they built a relationship and with someone, like that doesn't guarantee anything. Right? It's not IndyCar racing. Yeah. So I feel like if they believe their car is going to be good next year, they're going to want the best available driver, period, end of discussion, even if it's for one year. And do you think that Lawson fits that bill well he's better than mick yeah i don't know who else is really floating around i think i think dragovich is the other one yeah no i think lawson's better than those two so yeah there you go so it'd be interesting to see what happens you heard it here Um, first liam lawson no coin racing (laughs) teammates with scott dixon (laughs) scott dixon to williams he's gonna take scott's place at dale coin and here we go and away we go yeah. Um, so yeah. So Max says it again. Locked Red Bull locked up the constructors championship. Uh, next week he will lock up the uh, what's it called drivers championship, and everyone's racing for second place. And it's actually a pretty good race for second place, both in the constructors and in the drivers. So we can still enjoy watching how that plays out. Can we? Um, I can. There's still well, good racing to, going on there. Is he I also, also I do have to, <laughs> but I want to. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. So that's the F1 world. Um, NASCAR had a race in Texas. I, yeah, 
No idea. Which um, one of those B guys won again? Byron. Again? Sixth race of the year. Yeah. So he's through the next round. Um, he's, but, he's legit going to win this thing. I mean, it'd, it'd be really upsetting for him if he didn't at this point. Yeah. Wow. But that uh, segues nicely into the IndyCar calendar because... Well, an IMSA race happened. Um, and we should just talk about the fact that it is amazing that going into the finale at Petit. That that, can are, we talk about this? No, you and I talked about it. We didn't talk about oh, it. Okay. Copy, copy. That there are, and if we did, sorry guys, like we don't really You're keep gonna hear it again. I don't yeah, think we did. A table of contents on what we talk about. <laughs> we don't keep um, minutes. Right. So I'm just gonna we say barely it, listen. It's amazing <laughs> that there is four teams and which means four manufacturers that have a shot to win the championship at Petit Le Mans, and it's it's not even a shot. It's like whatever car finishes in front of the other one wins the championship. So that's pretty awesome. First year of hybrid packages and all that sort of thing. So tune in for that, guys. Completely different cars, completely different engine architectures, like everything. I mean, as much as I think as drivers, we get frustrated with and kind of <laughs> on the whole balance of performance thing that they is kind just... Of nailed it. Part and parcel for sports cars. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue they did a really good job this year. Inarguably the hardest time to do it when there's so many unknowns with not just new cars, like for the teams, like just new, complete new concept, right? New well, technology. and what was, what was impressive was like the BOP, like sometimes BOP is super reactive. It's like, oh, if someone's really good at this weekend, like we can't let them run Hammer away with it out. again. Yeah. Like it's, it is very clear that like, the Acura is really good in these types of tracks conditions. The Porsche is very good here. The Cadillac's good here. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy that like still the, as much as they're all balanced to a similar level because they're different manufacturers and approaches and methodologies, like there's still differentiation on different types of tracks as to like what yeah. cars better. Like it's, it's actually sure. very impressive. So yeah. It, that Anyways, of what actually matters to us and to our listeners, the 2024 IndyCar schedule came out today on my birthday. So happy birthday, Alex. That was just for you. That's um, nice. But yes, the Texas uh, segues because Texas Motor Speedway is not on the 2024 calendar, which I think is probably the biggest talking point. We'll get to some of the other ones, but uh, I've just been reading up on comments online and stuff. There are a lot of opinions about Texas not being on the schedule. Hmm. How do you feel about it? I only feel disappointed because last year, because 2023 we happened. We finally, we finally got it right. And yeah. we had all the ingredients for it to be what Texas used to be, should be. And what everyone wants to see Texas. Like we, we, we figured out the puzzle and now we don't get to do it again. And so that part sucks. Um, but what also sucks, and those that are listening pay, you know, it's partly your responsibility. So don't bitch about it unless you went every single year. Because quite frankly, not enough people showed up. And ultimately, that is one of the main you know, deciding factors as to whether or not a race is is successful. So if you're bitching about it, you better have been for the last eight years. Otherwise, shut up. 
it's, I mean, it's a little aggressive, aggressive but yes, the, yeah. the <laughs> sentiment I agree with completely. I mean, here's the thing. Every, every Sunday night since 2017 until 2022, including 2022, I drove out of that track being like, if we never come back here, it'll be too soon. Like they just ruined it with the repay. The racing was terrible. It wasn't fun. It wasn't safe. It wasn't whatever, right? It wasn't entertaining. And then 2023 happens. And as you say, nailed it. And there's already rumors that maybe it was going to fall off the schedule, right? Like all the way back then. And I remember thinking like, man, I really hope this saved it. But there was good reason for it to fall off the schedule. Because as you said, everything was And no one was turning up for it. Right. But so yes, so then yes, the the flip point is exactly your point. No one, no one was there, man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like the racing could have been great for the last five years. If no one's there, it doesn't matter. Racetracks have to make money off people going. And if you can blame whoever you want, you can blame the track, the promoters, the series, the driver, whoever. Blame whoever you want. It doesn't matter. If people aren't there, the race isn't going to survive. Period. And so, unfortunately. She gone. The caveat or the the flip side of that is what we gained is something I'm very happy about, but also very nervous about. And we've already talked about it on this show before. We got Milwaukee back. It's a double header. Don't love that. Yeah, really don't love that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't look like we talk about this all the time. Don't like them in general, but especially for a brand new track, especially one that we struggle to sell tickets at, and that's why it fell off the calendar in 20. 20- 14 or whatever it was the last time we went makes me very nervous. Um, but we'll see. I'm very, I'm very happy. We're going back. I'm really excited that you get to drive that track. I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to absolutely love it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been told by everyone that's driven there is that like, it's the best short oval that IndyCar went now, to. Now we've built it up too high and you're going to hate it, but you know, no, I just, I, I'm, I'm of the same. I get, like I don't understand the double header thing. I, yeah. yeah, but that's all I'll say on it. Um, and then the other big thing, which <clears throat> was its own separate announcement, but the second race of the year is not actually a race. I it's mean, a it is. Race. It's a non-points race. Um, exhibition race. It's an exhibition race for a million dollars at Thermal. So that's new. Um, Okay, so let's, we'll explain the format. So um, drivers enter, they get they get partnered with. So Thermal, if you don't know, we did the preseason test there this year. It is a motorsports country club out in California, out in Palm Springs. And uh, a lot of very wealthy clientele have their cars out there. They do track days, all sorts of stuff. And basically the owners have the opportunity to essentially buy in to this event uh, so there's a, a set fee you buy in, there's a random lottery. You get us, you get associated with an IndyCar driver and that's your guy for the weekend. It'll be a, you know, similar ish format. The first part of the weekend practice qualifying, then qualifying sets the grid for heat races, uh, two heat races, the top six from each Alex. I dude, <clears throat> this is all I'm hearing this mostly for the first time. So copy. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's the top six of each uh, move on to the to the final. And it's a short race. There's no pit stops. Uh, yellow flag laps don't count towards the lap count. It's like a 20 lap shootout, I think. 
and the winner gets a million bucks. Second place gets half right. a million. A million right. bucks split with yeah, yeah. whoever yeah, yeah. they're paired up with. Right. Right. So yeah, so it's, it's a million, half a million, like 250, 150, 100 or something. So it pays down for the top five. And then you split that money 50-50 with the owner uh, or the member, sorry, that that bought in. So it's kind of cool. Like they've got the potential to, it's basically it's a lottery. It's a rich person's 50-50 raffle. Correct. Correct. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a cool concept and yeah, man, someone's going to make a bunch of cash and it's going to be funny to see, you know, what that means for guys. I absolutely love the concept. I think it's, it's something that'll definitely like, it's, Hey, it, this is new. Like, let's watch it. Um, I don't know. I, I still am struggling to figure out why it's not a points race. Okay. Like, because they, they want it to be that sort of different format. And I don't think anybody okay. wants a points race to be that format. That's, that's, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Will it be televised? It will it be. It will be televised. It's on NBC. On NBC. It's on yeah. Big network. Cool. I guess, yeah, that, I, I, it would be kind of weird to have a completely different set of rules. Right. For and like 13 through 27 that just doesn't get to participate in the final 20 laps of the race. Like it'd be kind of weird. Yeah, um, that's fair. But so yeah, but I mean, yeah, you could so that's say thirteenth points, but whatever. Yeah, you could, but yeah, yeah, it's just uh, it's just different. Um, so uh, so that's that's cool. Plus, we we already know where to go to karaoke around there. Well, I don't think fans are allowed, Tim. So <laughs> I I was told I'm essential. Uh, so there will be, I think, some tickets, um, ticket opportunities for like IndyCar. Um, the fan club members, I think, are going to maybe just be very limited fan access, but there will be some for the the fan members, uh, or the fan club members. So watch out for that. Um, Laguna has moved to June in Nashville, as we already knew was going to be the finale. So that's cool. Um, Everything else was pretty standard, right? Everything else was kind of the same. Like we lose yeah. the Indy second Indy road course race, which, which I mean, fine. Um, what I mean, we 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 talked about it. It's a little bit sad to see the NASCAR Indy like yeah, combo. That's forget, why, right? Forget Indy GP, but like I would have loved if we could have like snuck into Chicago or, or the like, Roval the Roval or even Texas. Like it, it would have been like, I think that was such a cool ticket for people to be yeah. able to buy. And, you know, we talked about why it came to be. It was born out of a necessity for both championships during COVID. They kind of put their egos aside and worked for a collective good. And like, I don't know that like the collective good was still a good thing, like even post COVID. So it's, it's a shame that that went away, but I'm sure there's reasons behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, I think the highlights are we got a new track back on the calendar, which has always been a big push for everyone to like expand the schedule. Technically two, if you count thermal, but like one real one. And the finale being in Nashville is amazing. So I think those are the highlights that are very good. Um, Milwaukee, if it's a great race, a doubleheader is fantastic. If it's a terrible race, a doubleheader, not so good. So We'll all just have to withhold judgment until then. One of the things I think that's important for people to remember, because there's a lot of like, look, whenever you put out a calendar, regardless of what you put on it or take off it, you're like, it's like being in race control, right? Like you can't make everybody happy. 
fans of the track that got left out are going to be upset and people that don't like the track that got added are going to be upset, whatever. Um, <clears throat> there are, you know, I, I think, I think we have double headers because we have to be really specific about where we go, right? Like we can't just throw a race in any city because they've got a racetrack. There's so many factors to consider and fans love, and I've done it. I love throwing out tracks. I think we should go race at, but it's not just that simple. And I think, you know, I've heard some things and have been in some conversations that I have, I do have a lot of faith in where the schedule is going long-term. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. We're in, we're in a bit of a rebuilding process, I think, with the schedule. I think there's a lot more momentum behind some international races, whether we count them for the championship or that's like a separate deal, whatever. Um, personally, I think they should be counted for it's a championship just because we're in a different country. It doesn't matter. It's the same cars and drivers doing the same job. But I think some of those things are coming. There's some exciting perspective uh, places that I know very serious discussions are happening at. But again, these things have a lot of moving parts and they take a long time to put together. So I just, you know, I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is to all IndyCar fans, uh, if you have some beef with it, just, just give them time. Like it doesn't happen overnight. There's obviously been a big change. We're still, we're only one year out of like what I would call post COVID, right? Because 2021 and 22, we're all still somehow affected by everything that happened in 2020. And so now we're kind of in a phase where we can start start building, start putting plans in place for the next three, five, 10 years. And, uh, and I think there are some cool things coming. So I like the additions this year, but there's more coming in the future, I think. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind is like, there's only so many, you know, short track ovals out there that Joseph can win at. So like, <laughs> watch, we're going to be adding a double header at Loudon next. Just so that we've got Phoenix six races. Back, on short yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that's also something I'm kidding. Of course, that's not a thing. Might be. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's definitely not. But is it? But no, it's not. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, guys. Well, thanks for listening. This might be the last episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Time will tell. Yeah. There's a chance that one, two, or all three of us uh, aren't here uh, ever again. Um, we'll see. Wish us luck. And we'll... <laughs> Actually, uh, James, that brings up something we talked about right before you came on. Uh, well, what are we doing down there? Um, we'll I talk offline, but I have awful. no idea what we're yeah. doing. Does James know? <laughs> Correct him. You do not. All right. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Fim, though we have no idea why you would, He's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Finn. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. 
and blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All on one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.